stop Googling and start listening for the love of wellness. With over 50 years in women's wellness, hosts Sam Leeson and Laurel Crossley, along with a weekly special guest, will explore gaps and issues within the women's wellness industry. If you're passionate about topics affecting women's health, such as sleep, grief, body image, and much more, then please stay tuned. On today's episode, we have Natasha Penny Cook joining us, who's a registered psychotherapist and a clinical director. We started down the path of talking about burnout. That's something that I'm currently experiencing. And we talked about our capacity as both an entrepreneur, but also as simply being a female or female identifying. Do you have the beer, stein, or shot glass capacity today? Something to think about. Today's episode is brought to you by babyready.info. Welcome. I'm really excited to introduce today Natasha Pennycook. And we are going to spend some time talking about women entrepreneurs and mental health and how vitally important it is. But before we even do that, welcome, Natasha. Please tell us who you are, what you do, about your practice, all the things. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here to have this conversation with both of you today. So I am Natasha Pennycook. I'm a trauma specialist. So I am a award-winning psychotherapist. I'm a speaker. I'm a consultant. I'm a coach. And, you know, I'm the director of Natasha Pennycook Psychotherapy. We are a group practice that works with individuals who would label themselves really as high-achieving professionals who are looking for wellness, whether it is they've gone through various traumas in their childhood, workplace traumas, different oppressions, um, relationship stuff, whether it's romantic, family, or friendship, or otherwise. So we really work with individuals to help them on their mental health journey and their wellness. We work with individuals who are um, in couples, families, groups, individuals, and youth 16 plus. Wow. It's no trauma. Trauma. Is there? <laughs> is there? there? Oh, goodness. We are so much trauma that we've all gone through in the na- last number of years on top of everything that we've all, all experienced in our, own, in our own lives. So, you know, having this conversation on mental health and mental wellness, it, it's, it's so timely. Mm-hmm. It's so timely, right? There's so many people who are struggling with burnout. This is what we're seeing a lot of right now. Burnout. We are, we've had it. We've had it. And we don't have the capacity anymore to deal with certain things, right? That, you know, things that are overwhelming and frustrating. And when we don't take care of our mental health, we, when we don't make our mental wellness a priority, we get to places such as burnout. Yeah. How... How do you start? Where do you start? I mean, the challenge is, yes, that burnout is a real thing. And I think truthfully, everything that's been happening over the last, I I say three years, but let's be truly honest, I'm going to say 10 years, it, it, because it's it was a culmination, It everything just came to a head because we could put a spotlight on it, because we were all sitting at home theoretically not doing anything else. So we had time to put a spotlight on it, but it's definitely been building and building and building. And so we know there's trauma around us. We know there's trauma in the world. 
But how do we know, okay, I'm at my point. I just, how do I know how to stop where I am and ask for help? Oh, that is the question. That is literally the number one question. How do I stop and ask for help? We as a society, we're not good at asking for help because we have not been taught. We've been taught, right, from, I mean, where I'm I'm in the Toronto, Canada area right now having this conversation with you all and your audience. Historically, from a Western perspective and a Western lens, we are told we have to do it by ourselves as individuals. And that is the measure of success. We've all been lied to, okay? We've all been lied to. We've all been fooled. That is not the measure of success. And because we have internalized that so much to our core, when we get to a place of, ah, uh, I'm not doing okay. I need help. I need resources. I need tools. We struggle to get to that point, mm-hmm. which means that we do things alone a lot longer than we actually have to. Right. Right. So what we need to do in order to ask for help, I think even having conversations like this, normalizing that help is there, that help is available and that we are allowed to ask for help. We need to give ourselves more permission. Mm-hmm. We need to dismantle these systems that we have been listening to that have lied to us. And say, you know what? I'm allowed to ask for help. I'm giving myself permission to ask for help because I'm not well. If you notice that, you know, the way you're you're um, you're moving and going through your day, that you're not functioning as you quote unquote normally would, then you know there's something up. It could be that you know think of mental health as a continuum on a spectrum. We all go through stress, worries, anxiety at at the lower end of the spectrum. But if you start thinking like, okay, I'm not operating as I'm not functioning in my day to day, I'm having a really hard time getting up, brushing my teeth, taking a shower, preparing a meal, getting to my workspace, you know, all those are the signs that something is up, Mm -hmm. that my wellness is being impacted. We don't recognize the signs because we're so focused on, I have to do this alone. Mm -hmm. I think you're living in my home. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Mm. I am personally going Mm -hmm. through burnout at this exact moment. We're having this conversation and I Mm. didn't realize until probably a couple of weeks ago, I went, something's up. I'm not feeling joyful. Nothing is entertaining to me. The thought of socializing, which, as Sam knows, I'm a very social, joyful, funny, happy person. I don't feel right. Mm. But I couldn't identify the not feeling right. Can you sort of talk to the audience more about that not feeling right? Where where does it, what body part is affected? <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's a great question. And you know what? Thank you for recognizing, right? I want to put this out there. Thank you for recognizing because that is the first place to start, right? Recognizing this doesn't quite feel like me, mm-hmm. right? I don't feel like socializing, what that means, even isolating yourself, you're socially withdrawn because it takes a lot of energy to do all those things which you don't have right now. So when you say, where do you feel in your body? There has been research that has shown that our bodies, so there's this thing called embodiment, what I call embodiment of traumas, how our bodies embody our emotions, our feelings. And these 
specific emotions that we have, they live in places in our body if we don't talk them out or if we're not dealing with them. So they're living in places of the body. So a lot of times for people that I've worked with who are feeling depressed, really down and low and maybe feeling experiences of burnout and anxiety and all of that. So really what happens with like depression, a focus on depression, is that we feel it in our extremities, right? Our limbs, our arms, our legs. And what that means is I can't get up. We need our legs to carry us. We need our arms to brush our teeth, to take a shower, wash our, body. our bodies. When we are feeling down and depressed, we are, cannot move. So that means for that, for depression, it lives in our extremities, our arms and legs. We're just feeling down. What I see with a lot of clients, especially women identified clients, our stomachs, this is where the anxiety lives. Our stomachs, our digestive system. I can't eat. Um, either can't go to the washroom or going to the washroom too much. Um, also in that throat area, like words get stuck in my throat. I can't speak them out. So in that kind of digestive system range, that's another place where the anxiety, the worries, the stress can live in the body, right? So it's it's really important that we are recognizing what our capacity is. I'll give you a great example. I use this example. Usually I use it with a mug, but think about a mug. I have this water bottle here, but think about like something, uh, a mug. We go to our cupboard in the morning to get our coffee or tea. There's all these mugs that are available, right? Anyone's closet looks like mine. There's all these different mismatched mugs and all that, right? So you have these mugs. Anything's available. They're available. They're free. You can use any of them. You pick one. You pick your favorite mug. It's there. You start pouring your coffee in it, right? So you pour about halfway. You realize there's space left. But what is available inside the mug to fill up? That's capacity. That is the capacity of the mug. The size of the mug, the depth of the mug is how much capacity you have. Now, what happens with burnout? We keep pouring the hot coffee and tea inside the mug and going way over the lip of the mug. And what happens? We're holding it and pouring. And what happens to our hand? They get burned. Mm-hmm. get burned. Mm-hmm. And that is like an analogy of burnout. We are not recognizing what our capacity is and we're pouring way over our capacity and we're getting burned. So, you know, because we live in a world that is not good at, at recognizing our capacity, we're told we have to work harder and do all the things like where people who have busy schedules are celebrated as success, as opposed to, you know, I have two things on my schedule today that I have to do. And that's like, a lot of people think that's not successful, but I think as entrepreneurs, we need to be, we need to flip the switch and start understanding what is my capacity for today, for tomorrow, for next week, mm-hmm. right? What do I have going on in my life that I have to make more capacity for, or I have to adjust meetings and things like that, right? We really have to get better at recognizing our capacity so that we can understand how, what wellness needs to be put in place. If we're above our capacity, that really is like, okay, let me stop adding things right now. I have to start making rest a priority. Mm-hmm. And, there, and there are seven kinds of rest. Like a lot of people rest is, think rest is sleeping. There's different rest. There's social rest. There is time rest. There's mental rest. There's physical rest. So there's, there's seven different types of rest that we have to get better at recognizing which type of rest do I need right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you think that, I mean, you mentioned women and women identifying people 
feeling this, and, and especially as entrepreneurs, do we put ourselves in a different category? Do we identify ourselves as having having to have more capacity than our male identifying peers in similar positions because we are also expected to grocery shop, pick up the kids, attend the doctor's appointments, get our hair and nails done so that we look the way we're supposed to look. Is it, is it possible that we all have the same amount of capacity, but the expectations on from society rooted in stereotypes, I get it, but they're there nonetheless, are just unattainable. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. 100%. These expectations that we have, that we have internalized, let me put it that way, these expectations that we have internalized, especially on how we're supposed to show up, these are societal expectations that have had real world implications on how we identify and how we're allowed, allowed to move and be in the world and be in the spaces. Right. I mean, as, as women, and I could definitely think about myself, I have to do a keynote next week and I'm thinking, okay, I have to make time to get my hair done and get my nails done because it's in person and I'm in front, I'm going to be in a university platform with a hundred people and, 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 because there is this expectation as women that we have to have these things done. And the thing is, because there's these expectations and because there are certain check marks that we, and balances that we want to be able to attain, but also it's how other people are viewing us, Mm -hmm. right? So yes, there's the expectation, but then it also goes back to how am I going to show up so I can show that I have these certain expertise. So 100% you're right, Sam, because it is these expectations. It's how we have internalized them, but it's also this, I want to say the system of patriarchy, (laughs) that that we are all um mm-hmm. that we have all been systematized in to follow suit because we are judged that way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so we do take it upon ourselves that i have to do this i have to do the grocery shopping and i have to get the kids and i have to make sure the kids calendars are good and i have to be at the school and i have to do all of the things you know, I think about my dad, who is an who was an entrepreneur. My dad had someone who ran the house, who did all the secretarial work because that's what it was called back then. Yeah, d- made sure everything was all groovy, and that's how he became a successful entrepreneur. Yeah, it was my mother <laughs> the support doing the support. Right. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because when we see a lot of these very successful individuals, right, on LinkedIn, everyone's sharing their success, a lot of people aren't aren't mentioning the other social aspects behind the picture. And you're right. Your mother being there, making sure, right, the suits were ready, the clothes were ironed, the food was on the table, the kids were okay, the kids were being quiet when there's a business meeting, like all of these things were a support and allowance for dad to be this great entrepreneur that he was. Mm-hmm. And then when I became an entrepreneur, crickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because now you're expected to be the most amazing entrepreneur 
and do all the stuff your mom did. So do everything dad did and do everything mom, mom did, but you doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then we have burnout. And then we have burnout because who can do all that right without help? No one. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So we get into these weird cycles that impact our mental health. And I think as entrepreneurs, it's really starting to reevaluate and renegotiate and redefine how we're going to do all of this. Right. And we're in a space that we can do that and we can make it more public that, yes, I understand that these are the systems. I understand that this is the narrative, but this is how I'm doing it. This is how I'm doing it. And this is hard. It's really hard and it's a challenge, right? And people not only sharing the great wins, but also some of the challenges and how we overcame them because it's time to change that narrative. Let's normalize it. Yeah. Right? Mental, it's, it's hard to be an entrepreneur, be a woman um, and, to, and to always show up. It's challenging. Sometimes, I mean, for, for last month, May, I took time off and I said, no, this is my month of rest. Because if I don't recognize that I'm recognizing that my cup, it wasn't overflowing, but it was getting very close to that top. And that's my ding, 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 stop, rest. Now's the time, right? So I think that's it. Everyone, while you're recognizing what kind of cup do I have today, where's my ding, ding, ding sign in that cup? It might be look different for everyone. It may mm-hmm. be today I have a large cup and I can go right to the tip because I have a lot of capacity. But some days I have a really small cup and my threshold line is right at the bottom. A couple of little drops and drips and I'm done. Yeah. I'm thinking of a, of a I'm designing in my mind right now a product. So <laughs> some it, one looks like a shot glass and every time you have to deal with something that day you it, it's equated to an ounce of something. <laughs> I feel like I'm at the shot glass glass level today. You're at shot glass level today. <laughs> yeah. So so this is it and this is really good. Um you recognizing that you're at shot glass level today. So that means everything that you then organize today has to recognize that this is what I have today. It's all I have today. Right? Yeah. This is what I have today. And it's okay. And that's the thing. Be okay with it. Let's accept that this is what I have today. Right? What we do as, as people, we compare ourselves to others all the time, especially with social media, right? Over the last couple of years, everyone's on social media. Everyone's gotten these gorgeous um, brand pictures and all of that. So everyone looks like polished and everything all the time. Let's recognize that, you know, today, today I don't got a lot, but this is what I have. And this is what I'm coming with. And that's okay. That's the biggest obstacle though, isn't it? Giving yourself permission to be okay with having a shot glass today and not feeling like you're a failure for not having a beer stein. Yes. Exactly. Love it. I was going with the shot glass. I was going with the salmon yeah. type of analogy. I was trying to follow suit. Your stones are pretty good. They're 20 ounces. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. That's a good day. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't catch my breath. 
But how do we, we need to, how do we get to the point of giving ourselves permission to acknowledge that without, you know, flogging ourselves? Because that's what we are inclined to want to do. Because we figure if we flog ourselves, then other people flogging us won't hurt us as much. Oh, yes. That is so true. But listen, let's also, what's the word? Let's also normalize that the way I treat myself is how I am treating other, teaching others, excuse me, to treat me. Right. Right. So if I keep flogging myself, that means I am allowing others to see that and then to treat me in the same way. Right. Let's prioritize treating ourselves with kindness. Right. We don't do that. We don't show ourselves gratitude. We don't give ourselves permission. So let's start treating ourselves with kindness. Say, you know what? Okay, that was a big mistake. All right, what did I learn from it? Okay, how can I move forward? You know? Yeah, we don't do that enough. And I think that is a total learning process. Yeah. And don't beat yourself up for learning it either. Yeah, yeah, no flogging for that either. (laughs) Exactly, which we do, which we do. I think we're going to title this this called Flogging and Beer Steins. (laughs) (laughs) now i hate to do this we only have a couple of minutes left if you can imagine Uh. (laughs) how do people find you tell us all of your handles and websites and everything so that everyone can learn from your wisdom yeah so you can find me our our website is natashapennycook.com you'll find me on instagram natashapennycook.therapy on LinkedIn, Natasha Pennycook. Um, yeah, you can Google Natasha Pennycook and I'll come up. So, you know, there are different ways to work with myself and my team. If you are looking for uh, one-on-one psychotherapy or family group therapy, I have a team of practitioners who are, are psychotherapists, fantastic psychotherapists who are there ready to work with you. If you are looking to have me come into your workplace, I could definitely come in. I'm available for keynotes, for workplace wellness workshops, for mental health strategy building. You can work with me that way. If you're looking to work with me one-on-one, I am opening up a new mindset coaching program, which I'm super excited. Definitely, definitely lots of ways to work with me. Follow me on all the socials and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Fabulous. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your wisdom. And I do look forward to chatting with you again about all the other things that we have yet to speak about. Yes. Thank you both for having me. This was fantastic and have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Boobs, Bods and Brains podcast. If you would like to learn more about us or our past episodes, then check us out on Instagram. Click the link in our bio to visit our website to learn more about sponsorship opportunities. We are always excited to have you offer different show topic ideas. If you have a suggestion, reach out via Instagram or our website. And as always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Boobs, Bods, and Brains podcast and invite all of the women you know.